the afternoon delight on ESPN Pittsburgh. A little, uh, little rare earth to bring us in here. You know, I always try and uh, and kick the jams when our buddy Chris Carter is coming on the phone line. What's up, CC? What's up, brother West? How you doing? Oh, you know, I'm living, baby. Ten and zero on a Monday, right? I mean, there's plenty we could complain about. There's plenty we could nitpick, but all the people need to know: ten and zero on a Monday. Yes, indeed, man. You got to let everybody know. Steelers fans, how many times have you walked into work and been like, hey, we're still undefeated, baby? Like, like that's, that's just, that's just like, like the confidence right now. Now, granted, more people, a lot less people are walking into work these days because of COVID, but I bet you there's a, couple, a company, Zoom, that you can hop on and just like wear a Steelers hat or something just to remind all your coworkers that aren't Steelers fans um, that they need to get a life. So, Um, Well, Chris, you know what? Allow us uh, to take a moment of unity here, you and I together, because, you know, anybody that has listened to the show, anybody that follows us on Twitter and sees our interactions, you know, like you and I, we we like to throw the occasional, you know, WVU and Pitt related jabs at each other, right? Uh, But I I think we could come together for a moment of unity here, my friend, because not (laughs) only are the Steelers 10 and 0 for the first time in franchise history. Penn State is 0-5 for the first time in program history. What a time. You know, maybe 2020 ain't so bad after all. <laughs> I mean, I mean, it's, it's, it's horrible. <laughs> but I mean, it's, it's just comical. And what's, what's even funnier, and, and like me, I'm not normally one to just jump on the Penn State, you know, get out of your bandwagon. Even though I went to Pitt, I got family that goes to Penn State or went to Penn State and – you know, and I've been to some Penn State games. You know, I I, just, I I don't hate Penn State like a lot of Pitt people do. But the way that I saw Penn State fans going after Pitt fans on social media and in the comment section on DKPittsburghSports.com when I was writing about Pitt, they were going through their losing streak, and they were and I saw people like, ha, 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 look at Pitt stinking. Penn <laughs> State's going to – and then they drop. They're the first team in college football history to be a top-10 team, and then they go 0-5. I mean, that's just – that's, that, that's insane. It's, it's embarrassing what's happening over there. And, uh, you know, I, 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 I normally I would feel bad, but right now I just don't. Yeah, you know, I'm with you on that. Like, I've got a ton of family that went to Penn State, ton of friends that went to mm-hmm. Penn State. A lot, you know, a lot of good people in my life that are Penn State people. Yeah, I don't need to rub salt in their wounds, but, I mean, I'll, I'd maybe dance on James Franklin's grave for a couple seconds. Chris Carter, DK Pittsburgh Sports, the Locked On Steelers podcast. All right, Mr. Carter, let's get to some Steelers stuff here. Uh, Before I get to some specifics from yesterday, real quick, everybody's familiar now with what's going on with the Ravens and them shutting down their facilities and uh, kind of an outbreak of COVID positives here. I know that this is just, I mean, this is a crapshoot. This is a coin toss. But in your mind right now, the NFL is still going to play this game on Thursday night, or, or is there a real chance it could get postponed? Man, Roger Goodell is going to crack a whip and say, "Get out there and make me some money." Yep. <laughs> I mean, it's like it's. Listen, here's the thing with this: it's not just Steelers Ravens week; it's Steelers Ravens on Thanksgiving night. Yeah. It's ratings galore. The entire country is going to be sitting at home, and what's going to be on the biggest rivalry in football? Maybe the biggest rivalry in all of sports. These two teams that hate each other. John Harbaugh was just ready to fight Mike Vrabel all <laughs> over the weekend. We know that him and Mike Tomlin have their battles. It's crazy what you, what, what you see for them. Of course they're going to want this game to be played. And here's the other factor here, Wes. The NFL, if they lose this game, they can't flex anything else into that time slot. Nope. No team's going to go from playing Sunday or Monday to say, oh, yeah, we'll just, we'll just switch up our travel plans and just speed up everything. Gets it's, it's not happening. It, they're, they're not doing it. And uh, I think 
that the NFL will do everything it can to make sure this game, specifically this game, goes on as planned. Um, you know, if you know, I, I just I look at this and I say, man, they got to keep it. But so far, I think if this is the line, if it's just Dobbins and it's just Ingram and it's just Brandon Williams, all three of which are key players for the Ravens. But if it's just those three, they can survive this and they, and they can keep playing. But if this breaks out and this and it like half the defense, if it's like the Raiders last week where half the defense is missing, or you know, uh, like several offensive linemen have to have to go on the COVID list, that's going to be the line where they're like, okay, we just can't put, do this and without putting all these other people at risk. Um, you know, that would that would be too much. But I, I think it would take some serious, drastic steps here. Uh, over the next over the next day or two to stop this game from happening. Yeah, I think you're right, and especially too because you look at the three games on Thanksgiving. Steelers, Ravens of the six teams are the only two with winning records. I mean, it's 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 Texans, Lions at twelve thirty. It's it's, it's football team versus Cowboys at four thirty. Yes. <laughs> Steelers, Steelers Ravens is happening on Thursday night. Chris Carter with us here on the afternoon delight is the afternoon turns into the evening here on ESPN Pittsburgh. Uh, Chris, we have talked at nauseum the last few weeks about the run game. Is it really this bad? Can, how can you improve it? Uh, three straight weeks right before this one with uh, less than 50 yards on the ground. Is that a big deal? Is it okay to put this much trust in Ben and, and the, in the past game, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera? It, it's time to accept that this is the way for the Steelers' offense, right, Chris? Like They know what their identity is, and they're making no bones about it. Yeah, they, they're okay throwing the ball. Um, and I think that people should be fine with the okay throwing the ball. I said this on the, on your show last week, 2008. They didn't run the ball then either. They, I mean, they, they tried to run the ball, but they averaged they were 29th in the league in yards per carry when they last won the Super Bowl. 29th. Wow. And now people think because because they're doing this, they're doing this this year that they're scared. But here's the thing. I still don't think that this, this team is necessarily bad at running the football right now. They have they didn't get it done for three straight weeks, but they just went over 100 yards this past week. And as Eric Ebron came with the smoke this morning on Zoom uh, with the with the Steelers media, he reminded everyone, "Hey, we have rushed for you know for, had six games with over 100 yards rushing. You know, we have put it on the ground when we need, when we needed to in, in in our games while we're going 10 and 0." Now he's I, you know, I felt Eric Ebron when he was talking this morning. Man. Yeah. He, he came with some fiery. Um, and, and he's right. You know, this offense, they find different ways to get it done. They don't have to get it done on the ground. And I think it's important to note that people might not realize this, but right now James Conner has the eighth most rushing yards in the NFL. Now, I know that's not, that's not superstar category or anything, but you wouldn't think that with the way that people have talked about this ground game. You'd think that he'd be like in the 20s or something. Right. Um, but, you know, but he, he's, doing, he's, do, he's doing a solid job. And I said before, you know, I don't think that it was a James Conner problem. I think the offensive line was struggling to get off the ball. I think the way that they've been attacking things and the way that defenses have been stacking up against them has given them some problems. We saw in this game, they passed to open up the run. The run game opened up a bit. And then, he, and then James Conner averaged 6.8 yards per carry. So um, that's, a, that, that's a pretty solid day from him. I think that they'll be fine moving forward. Um, and I honestly think at some point we will see the run game take over a game or two in this, in this home stretch for the Steelers. Chris, is it more schematics for the offense, right? Like the, the, more X's and O's that this is the way for them to move the ball up and down the field in seven's hands with all the, the plethora of talent that they have at wide receiver and at the tight end position. Is maybe some of this too just they've seen so far 10 games and that's a big enough sample size to go off of now. 
that this offensive line is really good at pass protection but leaves a lot to be desired in terms of getting a push up front in the run game? I think it's more than fair to say that. I mean, you look at – they're very good at picking up the protections to make sure that Ben Roethlisberger is good to go. I think that's absolutely something you could say right now. Um, and, and a lot of times with run blocking, you want, you want the, 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 the younger guys, they're going to they're gonna charge forward and gonna, they're going to be able to block in, in spot and out-physical somebody. You know, Marquise Pouncey, he's not a spring chicken anymore. And you know, in his prime – he was very good at that. He could pull, block, knock somebody down, and keep moving. Uh, but he he just he hasn't been that the past couple seasons. Um, and uh, and that, but that's fine. What he does is he keeps everyone on the same page. He communicates well. So and that's and I think he's a big reason why the Steelers' pass protection is so good because him and him and Ben have a chemistry that when Ben sees something, when he sees something, they're both like, "Yep, check." And then there's a communication across the line, and everyone adjusts to it. They see an extra blitzer. They see a fake blitzer coming. They all understand, and they're able to quickly get that out. That's part of what the center position is so important. And that's part of why Marquis Pouncey, even when he's not, you're not seeing him physically dominate, and, you know, you know, and block and you know, crush somebody five yards downfield. If the fact that you're seeing a lot of success, that's why he's so valuable to this team. So, um, so yeah, the pass protection being there, huge part of what the team's doing. Uh, and, and, and again, why not lean on your strength? You know, and again, mm-hmm. they're not they're not saying, hey, Ben Roethlisberger, throw your arm out. They're saying, hey, chuck it here, <laughs> chuck it there. You know, to, you know, check it down, protect your protect yourself. And, and you're seeing Ben Roethlisberger protect himself. And then again, the teams get annoyed by that. As you saw, the Jaguars start to throughout the game, they'll start to jump the underneath stuff, and then you just go over top. You hit Chase Claypool for a bomb. You hit Eric Ebron for a bomb. And then all of a sudden, everyone's like, "Oh well, okay, maybe Ben Roethlisberger's arm isn't bad." You know, because I saw, I saw um, <laughs> Mina Khan from ESPN. She was like, <laughs> "I get it. I saw Ben Roethlisberger throw a deep ball. Thank you." Yeah, and that's something that we we've seen. Uh, again, I, I, that's one of the things that I'm encouraged about with the run game, Chris. Right? Is that some of these things that early in the season that we were pinpointing that we were nitpicking. Yeah, Ben can't throw the run, the long ball. Uh, you know, Minka, he's been too invisible. Uh, you know, was that really worth it to go out and get him? Was last year a flash in the pan? Seven turnovers in t- seven games? He's been really quiet here to start the season. Right, like, a lot of these concerns that we've had throughout the year have gone by the wayside, and I think we should expect that because even though this team is perfect, like Mike Tomlin said, the only thing perfect about us is our record, right? And you and I both know, Chris, if you look at Mike Tomlin's tenure in Pittsburgh, this is his 14th season at the helm, so... 13 seasons there. Again, big sample size to go off of. His teams always play better in the last quarter of the season than they did in the first quarter of the season. So when you're sitting there pretty at 10-0 and and you've seen a lot of these concerns that have popped up go away as the season's gone along, uh, you know what? I'm, I'm encouraged that, we'll be, that we could be saying that about the run game in a couple weeks here, too. Uh, I think so, too. I think so, too. I think, that again, when you're looking at the Steelers, you're looking at the success that they've had this year, it's tough to ignore how they've been able to improve. And, and, and you're right. A lot of those narratives fell by the way, wayside. And it, it goes to show this is why watching the tape isn't important and knowing how to watch tape. Because anybody can watch and say, man, they threw it, they threw it past that guy. Guess he, guess he stunk on that one. That's not the point. There's so many times. And Terrell Evans is a great point. I made this point on the final word last night on Channel 11 WPXI. I had been saying for a long time that Terrell Evans was much better than people were giving him credit for. And now that he's got two interceptions in the game, people are like, oh, yeah, he has come around. Man, please. I've been saying this for a while because it's not just the interceptions that show when a player is being good. It's being in position. It's challenging plays the right way. 
so many times, even in plays where it went over his head, like DK Metcalf's touchdown catch over Edmonds from Russell Wilson last year. A lot of people were saying, man, he's stunk in the play. No, he was in position. It was just a great throw and a great catch. But eventually, what shows on tape is if you keep doing that and you're, you consistently present challenges that way, as he did start go, going into especially the second half last year, and he has all this season, eventually you're going to start to get opportunities to make plays in the football. And this year, his hands are better, and he's making those plays in the football. So you know, it's the same thing with Micah Fitzpatrick. You know, if you looked at it and people were like, oh, man, I'm just mad Steelers aren't defense. It isn't like locking everything down right now. So, no, okay, look at why things are happening. You know, there was a miscommunication on this part of the field. There was a breakdown here. There was a slip there. That doesn't mean that this person state. It just means, hey, that's what happened on this play. Let's see what the overall tape says here. And that's why I do what I do. You know, I look at the tape and I tell people, I tell people, hey, be patient with these things, man. And uh, I, I hope that people will continue to learn this year. Um, it's crazy. I mean, what's crazy is, Wes, is that Steelers fans are always spoiled, but they're 10-0 right now, man. Like, you know, man. It, oh, we, spoiled, we been, spoiled, spoiled right now, oh, Chris. It's, it's over. It's, I mean, it's we're, over. We're, like, we're, like, we're like milk that's been left out on the counter for a month, baby. I mean, we are spoiled. We're like a child that gets everything on its Christmas list, baby. We are spoiled, yep. Mr. Carter. Uh, last one I've got here for Chris Carter, DK Pittsburgh Sports, the Locked On Steelers podcast. And, buddy, this is this is your bread and butter here. This is your wheelhouse. I can't stop thinking about how Minka has transformed this defense. Transformed this defense, right? Like, he was not the foundation. The foundation was was Cam and was Stefan and, and Bud and TJ. But, man, he's like, he's like the rug that's tied the room together really nicely, right? He's like the cherry on top of the perfect Sunday. He, he has completed the transformation of this defense into an elite unit. No, you're absolutely right. You know, it's... It's it's a it's a lot like when you talk about that foundation of the building. The foundation has to be great for for, for it to come forward. But you know, people the foundation again isn't always what people look at. You know, they look at what what you know what's how many how many bathrooms. Sure. Does, 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 does the plumbing work? Is the you know, base, does, is the know, basement good for entertaining? Right. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Uh, but yeah, exactly. <laughs> do, uh, do you have you know, how many how many guest rooms do you sure. got? Right. You know, is, the, is the do we have do we have a garage where we can park the car? Right, okay, we're done with the metaphors of the house. <laughs> but the point being... Is there a backyard uh, where my dog can... Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> but the point is that Minka Fitzpatrick, you know, like you said, they have the, they have the foundation of the line. Minka Fitzpatrick has allowed, has been the centerpiece that has allowed the rest of the defense to rotate so much. Terrell Edmonds' second interception, which was a really good tip. It was really impressive physically because he tipped it to himself. Yeah. You see the picture of how high he had to get up. It was... It was just fantastic the way he did that. But what was even more beautiful about that is that with Edmonds and with, with Fitzpatrick, the Steelers have felt so comfortable now shifting aggressively to the skies, different, different packages and different defenses. And I talked to Tomlin about this on the Zoom today, and he said that, you know they've absolutely been a huge part of this. But like on that play, they show two high safeties. They're saying, okay, we got our safety here, safety here, and you know, you're gonna you're gonna need to attack us this way. Luton says, All right, well they're in cover two, I'm gonna attack them with this route. Though it's a cover three. Edmonds bumps down, and in an unconventional way, because Mika still ends up helping in the cover three package, but it is they switch the look up, and now if you're locked into a receiver, if you're under pressure as as people are often against the Steelers, you might not see those safeties move. You might not recognize 
how they move around. And that's what Keith Butler's done so well with this defense. And again, it's because he got the people, people that we used to be mad. Why does the defense do more with Cody Sensible and Ari Burns <laughs> and Mike Mitchell and Sean Davis? It's because they work as hard. And, and, and now you see the guys, when they are that good, they're doing more. They're harder to read. They're harder to pick at. And this right now is, to me, the picture of what a modern NFL defense needs to look like. If this defense is healthy, going into the playoffs and they stay healthy, good luck to anybody that faces them. And, yes, I mean that even to Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. Chris Carter, great stuff as always. Read his work, DK Pittsburgh Sports. Listen to him daily, the Locked on Steelers podcast. Follow him on Twitter, at Carter Critiques. Partner, I appreciate your time as always. Great stuff. Thanks for having me on, West 13-9. Oh, see, you had to get the pit jump. I thought we had a Penn State moment of unity. He just had to get the pit jump. But you know what? You know what? I'm up, Chris, I'm up against it here. I got to beat the buzzer like Scotty Reynolds. Oh, and then we drop him, right? Because, oh, yeah, when you got the power here, you can get in the last shot. Yeah. Oh, that Chris Carter, he might laugh first, but I'm laughing last.